Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. I'm your host, Sarah Ivry. Today, we're listening to Songs of Wonder. Bastia Schechter grew up in the ultra-Orthodox neighborhood of Borough Park in Brooklyn. But despite the religious constrictions of that community, she could never resist the urge to do things her own way, and that really comes through in her music. Schechter is the singer, songwriter, and band leader of the group Pharaoh's Daughter. They've been making the rounds with their eclectic blend of music. It has Middle Eastern, Hasidic, African, and other influences for more than a decade now. Now Basia Schechter has a solo project she's working on. It's called Songs of Wonder, and it includes a new influence in her repertoire, which is the poetry of the 20th century philosopher and theologian Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. One last thing, those poems are in Yiddish. Today, we're meeting with Schechter in her apartment in downtown Manhattan to talk a little bit about the album. We want to find out how this project came to be, and we're hoping that she'll play a little something for us. Basia, thank you so much for letting us in. Yeah, good morning. Uh, first off, I want to ask you, why Heschel? Um, I didn't see I think a lot of the projects that I end up doing are not actually out of choice not that I don't have free choice um, but they kind of come to me um, this project there was a woman who was part of the publishing company that published the book that with a with the Morton Lifeman translations of the Heschel poetry that came out I think in 2005 and she came over to me after a service because I play Friday night services at BJ and she says you know um, I have this book of poetry, and I just was thinking about you in terms of composing to it. BJ is B'nai Jeshurun, which is a synagogue on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Exactly, and they're actually very well known for their musical inclusion into their services. Um, and so she gave me the book, and it was a lot of Yiddish poetry and with translations. And at that point, I'd known a little bit about Heschel, but I wasn't... In the ultra-Orthodox world, they really, it's not like something, we don't learn about Heschel. I mean, I didn't learn about Heschel. So it was a process of having the, you know, now you, you can actually visualize it since you're in my apartment and it's not a large apartment. This is my bookshelf. I had it on the bookshelf. And every night I take the book down and I read the poems. And it was like a process of three or four months until like I found a poem that would just come out at me and say, okay, compose me, compose me. <laughs> The poems, the book of poems, when you were looking at it, were they both in English and in Yiddish? And were you reading the Yiddish or the English? Um, I was reading both at the same time. Did you grow up speaking Yiddish? I grew up in a community where everybody was speaking Yiddish, and my parents spoke Yiddish so that we wouldn't understand, and we learned Yiddish as a tool to translate Torah. So we would learn the Torah in Hebrew and then translate it into Yiddish. But as a speaking language, I didn't have that kind of uh, education. For listeners who don't know who Heschel is, I just want to take a step back. Sure. And maybe you can give us just a brief biography of him. Well, the biography that I often tell in, in, in relationship to this particular uh, project is that Heschel grew up in Warsaw in Poland and from a very, very esteemed rabbinic, ultra, ultra Hasidic religious family. And he was at a very young age, at age three, really seen to be like a luminary, an intellectual luminary. So he was being raised to be a next spiritual leader, rabbinic leader. Um, he became interested in the secular world um, as he got older, and he wanted to go to university. In order to go to university, you have to have secular education. So he finished up his high school in Vilna in a gymnasium. Then he went to University of Berlin, 
and he was completely, he thought that there was something in the secular world that he was going to find that was going to open his eyes and make him somebody totally different. But I think he ended up being more and more drawn back to his roots by going that far out secularly. And on the, on the other hand, in university, he became exposed to nature and love and and the idea of, you know, it gave him a perspective on his Judaism. So that it's not just God, but you can wrestle with God. You can have a relationship with God. You can argue with God in a kind of real way, almost maybe in a way that you would argue with the teacher in university. And so some of the both poems have that kind of overtone. And these poems, if you know Heschel's work, these poems in some ways are the seeds to, uh, I think, a lot of the books that he ended up writing in his later years, like, God in Search of Man, you know, he has a poem called I and You, which is a relationship between God and man and how how each one needs each other. Right, and God in Search of Man was one of his great works. Exactly. I had no idea that Heschel wrote poetry. When I think of him, and I think probably when a lot of people think of him, they think of this European refugee who came to the United States and got an appointment at the Jewish Theological Seminary and then also somehow became identified with Martin Luther King and the march in Selma, Alabama. Right. But poetry, when I heard about this project, I was like, what? Heschel wrote poetry? I had no idea. Yeah, and these poems were only published in Yiddish in, I think it was, uh, well, he was born in 1907. I think they were published maybe in the early 30s, potentially, or late 20s. Um, 1920s, 1930s, before he came to America. And they were never really translated into English. So people didn't know about them because he never wrote in Yiddish after that, I don't think. A lot of the songs on the album, as you mentioned, they sort of address the uh, relationship with God and the nature of God. And on the other hand, some of the songs um, seem much more romantic and they don't seem to deal with God, but with really interpersonal relationships. Uh, one of the songs, it's called My Seal, is a kind of interesting mix of the two. It's pretty mysterious, it's pretty seductive, but it also seems very devotional. Mm. Uh, I wonder if we could listen to it and maybe you can also translate the lyrics for us. Um, so he's basically saying, Why am I not a flower? A man shabloom, a man flower. Ben shmich, mind meat. Bless me, my... Bless me, my spirit. With gentleness, anstatt macht instead of might. So in this poem, he's really kind of addressing, he's addressing God and he's saying, okay, this is what I really want in life. I don't want to be one of these macho, strong guys. I want to be a gentleman. I want to be like a man who's inspired by flowers. I want to be somebody who can use my tenderness in this world in a way that can serve humanity. Was bin ich nicht der Blut, ein Mensch der Blut, Mensch mir, mein Gemüt mit Zartkeit anstatt Macht zu Oh, 
finger of Clavision. Once is all my gun. Doch stimmen sei wie tritt von finger of Clavision. Zu vermutlich mechlen anstatt verter und ständig leicht. What were you trying to achieve with your adaptation or your interpretation? Um, something gentle. Um, just a little bit of a plea, like the song itself, with the poem itself, which is a plea. Please, like, this is what I want. So I want the song to kind of feel like a plea as well. We're in your apartment here downtown, and you've got all these instruments on the walls, on your sofa, you know, everywhere <laughs> you look. Do you play all of these instruments? Um, well, um, I play a lot. Yeah, I play a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's ouds, there's banjos, there's guitars, there's electric guitars, acoustic guitars. What else is percussion? There? Percussion. Yeah, there's just everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, and I, I have a keyboard, but I don't really play it yet. I'm just starting to learn keyboard now. Um, Did you grow up playing music? No, I didn't. How did it come to be that you are so immersed in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my father was a musician. So there was that kind of, you know, he, I mean, he was actually a working accountant, but, you know, it was in my childhood. There was music around. Uh, it, it happened in college. I had a few things happen. My brother was starting to play guitar, and I had this relationship with him that if he could do something, I could do it because he could. <laughs> You know, because we have like twin energy. You know, I in my in my imagination, I don't know if in his imagination. Are you twins? No, we're not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also had friends in college, and it turns out that you are friends with Andrew Vladek, who was uh, somebody I met in college, and he's a musician. He, he's here a musician. In New York, he was yeah. an amazing guitar folk singer, and he had a very Dylan-esque kind of energy and fantastic poet. So I think the confluence of him and my brother, and like this energy of like seeing people play guitar, and that they really are making songs. Suddenly, I felt like I could do that. Like there are ideas in my head that, like that, feel very far away. Like playing music feels very, very far away, far away, far away. And then all of a sudden, a few things come together, and then all of a sudden, you feel like I can do that. And so, so you very just clear. you taught yourself from then on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did music play a part in your religious education, even if you weren't yourself playing it? Yes, I have to say that it's a, it's definitely a world where, it even if you're not a singer, everybody sings and everyone harmonizes. I mean, I grew up in all-girls schools, all-girls camps, all-girls. Then I went to all-girls college. Um, and uh, people get together, and we just sang. We sang during recess. We sang. We get together on Shabbos to each other's house, have a Pirkei Avos party where we would just read Pirkei Avos and then sing. And that's the ethics of our fathers. Though. The ethics of our fathers. And there are a lot of songs that are coming from those texts. So, yeah, it's a singing culture. And Shabbos, when you get together... After the chalant, after you eat the chalant, and you just sit there and you bang on the table and you sing zmiros, which are the songs that you sing on Shabbos to, you know, kind of bring in the spirit of God into your table. 
this album, like your previous albums with Pharaoh's Daughter, has so many different genres that it uh, encompasses. What um, attracts you to so many different kinds of music and kinds of instruments and musical motifs? I think I'm rooted, ultimately, in the music that I grew up with. There's like a kind of foundation of um, the Jewish music that I grew up with. And it's a kind of genre that nobody really knows because it's a, it's a girl singing genre. And it's very energetically different than the Jewish music you hear on CDs because you'll never hear girls singing together on CDs because it's not allowed. So I think on a, on a foundational level, it's coming from there. I think, and when I um, went to Israel for a year after high school, um, I got kicked out and I went to Egypt. So that was like sort of a first, a first exposure to real Egyptian Mediterranean music. My father also loved Israeli music, so we did have some Israeli music in the house. Like contemporary Israeli Contem- music. Well, Tzvika Pek, Shemi Tevori, Kaveret. And so I had Israeli music and Hasidic music in my house. So it was like this weird mix, plus going to Egypt. And, I, and then I, you know, I, I wanted to travel, but I didn't have money, so I learned how to hitchhike. And so I went to all the countries that I could actually afford to go to, which were all third world countries with amazing folk um, musical cultures, like Egypt, Africa, all over Africa, Southern, Central, Malawi, Zambia, Zimbabwe, um, Morocco, Turkey, and... And when I went there, you know, I spent a lot of time, I, was, I had already started playing music, so of course I was drawn to the music styles and the instruments that they were playing. So I actually got exposed to it on very first hand. And it was sort of a way to diffuse sexual energy. I think I found that, like, because as a single woman, very young, traveling all over the world, there was always this idea that they're going to make you their wife and you're going <laughs> to beer a bunch of kids in their, in their country. But I think what toned that down was like you know let's play, let's teach me your songs teach me your instruments and that ended up becoming part of my lexicon my musical lexicon and I came back here and there I found ways to find people who played those instruments or could teach me more that's just so impressive and courageous that you went off and did all this traveling and uh, meeting people given that you came from such a cloistered environment I'd say my story is a little different. As cloistered as the world I came from is, was, and will be, um, my family life was so chaotic and strange that I had an enormous amount of freedom growing up as a child. Like, I just went out and did my own thing. So I think it was just a natural continuation. And in some ways, I grew up way less constricted physically than people who grew up in normal family environments. Can I ask uh, what was the cause of all that freedom? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was, you know, my parents were distracted and then they, it it was, I have a crazy family story. You know, let's just leave it at that and, you know, maybe one day I'll write a book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of my favorite songs on this album is, uh, has a really strong Middle Eastern vein. The song is called To a Lady in a Dream. Um, I'd love to listen to a little bit of it and then you can tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Shake me a I think about it on her toys and Shake me a Body, toys, 
What I love about that song is it's so counterintuitive to have that kind of Middle Eastern uh, sound and then to have the Yiddish come in. It's like this incredible culture mashup. What can you tell us about the lyrics of this song, though, in particular? Um, I guess to me this is a, a man who's really young and has an idea, an image of what love is, and maybe a particular image of a, a person in his mind that is his love. And it's so strong, this image of love as a fantasy, as a dream. And I think to me I relate to that because growing up Orthodox as well, like I didn't have relationships as a kid, like growing up. I didn't have intimate relationships. And so the idea of having a romantic relationship was so far away, powerful, full of fantasy, full of imagery, full of like ultimateness that, you know. So in those ways I feel like I can totally relate to this idea, this longing, this longing, this yearning, and this dream quality to our, in, in, in seeing a relationship. Is there a particular passage in the song that you can share with us that speaks to that? Um, I'd love to hear it in Yiddish and then the English, actually. Okay. I love the sound of the Yiddish. A jugend lang geträumt von dir. I dreamt of you through my youth. A jugend lang geträumt von dir. Through all my youth, fenced off from you. Asetut mein Träum mir azoive. And my dream aches so much. Ich bin schuldig dich, mein größer Bengschaft und bettig, ratteve mein Träum. I owe to you my immense yearning and beg of you, rescue my dream. That's lovely. You said that you grew up going to all-girls Orthodox yeshivas. You grew up in an Orthodox community. Uh, I just wonder, what is your relationship now to faith and to the world of uh, religion? Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm incredibly indoctrinated, you know, and I, I accept and I recognize the level of indoctrination I have. And I also recognize that it's going to be very difficult for the rest of my life to really understand what do I really believe and what is just remnants from the way that I grew up. So as far as I've gone and as far as I go, I think I'm also constantly drawn back to my roots. And I'm a deeply faith-based person, but my faith looks very different from the faith that I grew up with. We have time for one more song, and I wonder if we could get you to sing something for us here acoustically right now. And the song that I'd love to go out with is called uh, My Song. Before you play it for us, would you tell us a little bit about it? Um, I think this is Heschel's message to the world that um, he sang, I mean, that he wrote when he was really young, and this is the life that he lived. He talked about wanting to be of service to the world. He wants to be like a greeting statue in train depots for forlorn guests. He wants to be that beacon of light and 
um, help. He wants to be of help, of service. He wants the world to use him as a slave and as a, as a friend. He wants the world to say, help me, and he wants to help. And that's the life he led, you know? I mean, it's complex. We all live complex lives, but that's his message. I think his whole life, that was his message, ultimately, is that we are in this world to be of service to this world. We're not just here to use, we're here to be of use. Real shaken dear world, dusk flat my ugly My word, my hand, does wonder for my eyes. Basia Sector, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you. Basia Sector's new album is called Songs of Wonder. It's just out this week from Tzadik. You can find out more information about it on our website, tabletmag.com. We'd love to know what you thought of our podcast. Send us an email at podcast at tabletmag.com or post a comment on our site. We welcome your remarks always. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm Sarah Avery. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.